0: Support comes from the Missouri Forest Products Association. Missouri produces wood pallets, railroad ties, white oak barrels, hardwood floors, and more. Details on the variety of products made in the state are at ChooseWood.com.
1: It's Tuesday, June 20th, and this is The Gateway. I'm Sarah Fenton, in for Wayne Pratt. Ahead, a major surge in climate resilience funding is allowing urban forestry departments to bet big on trees. Typically, urban forestry is an underfunded area of communities. Communities have a lot of challenges and, you know, limited budgets to address them all. $1.5 billion in federal funding could change that. More on that story ahead. But first, these headlines. St. Louis leaders are looking for ways to tighten gun laws in the city after a shooting killed a teenager and injured 11 others over the weekend. The shooting happened at a party in a downtown office building. The victims range in age from 15 to 19. On Sunday, Mayor Tashara Jones said she's considering using Missouri's initiative petition ballot process to try to change gun laws. We have to keep pushing. We have to keep pushing, and if uh, if the uh, legislature won't take it take it up, we still have the opportunity to go straight to the ballot through the initiative petition process. State legislators have rejected repeated calls for gun restrictions. St. Louisans gathered on Monday to celebrate Juneteenth. The holiday commemorates the day in 1865 when enslaved people in Galveston, Texas, learned that they were free. St. Louis Public Radio's Kate Grumke reports many in North St. Louis County said there's still a lot of work to do.
0: Yes, happy Juneteenth, everybody! Families lined West Florissant Avenue Monday wearing Juneteenth shirts and waving flags. A parade of people marched past, dancing and throwing out candy. Ferguson Mayor Ella Jones was waving a big flag on the side of the road. Juneteenth means to me freedom, equality, and justice. And that's why we out here. No, we have not arrived yet, but we are working on it. It's a day-to-day journey. The parade was part of Five Days of Black Joy, a series of events put on by North St. Louis County leaders. I'm Kate Grumke, St. Louis Public Radio.
1: Illinois police departments can now use drones to patrol parades and other special events. Alex Degman reports.
0: Governor J.B. Pritzker signed the Drones as First Responders Act. It outlines how police can use drones to cover crowded events. State Senator Linda Holmes, one of the sponsors, says the push for this intensified after last year's mass shooting in Highland Park, but drones can also be used outside of major events, even on regular calls. They don't replace the response of an officer, but they provide information in advance that can support the officers with their ability to respond in a safe and effective manner. The law also outlines what police can't do, like gather facial recognition data using drones or install weapons on them. It takes effect immediately. I'm Alex Degman.
1: A longtime observer and participant in St. Louis politics says St. Louis County prosecutor Wesley Bell's Senate bid will be a test for Missouri voters. Bell's running for the U.S. Senate as a Democrat. If he's able to beat Lucas Coons in a primary, he'll have to try to convince a broader electorate to elect a black person to statewide office for the first time. Mike Jones, a former city alderman and advisor to county executive Charlie Dooley, says white Missouri voters have rejected African-American candidates in the past.
0: How well he does will be a function of his execution as a candidate, but also it'll say something about who Missouri is.
1: Jones was a guest on Politically Speaking. You can listen to his episode by going to stlpr.org or wherever you get your podcasts. Many times we barely notice them, but trees have a big impact, especially in cities where they can lower ambient temperatures. U.S. cities and states will be getting $1.5 billion for urban canopies over the next nine years. The money is part of climate resilience funding through the Inflation Reduction Act. As Harvest Public Media's Juan Pablo Ramirez-Franco reports, the funding will help communities provide more green space and adapt to extreme weather events.
0: Driving along the Rock River, Mitch Leatherby, a street superintendent for the city of Rockford, Illinois spots a pair of ash trees, most of which have disappeared from much of the Midwest due to the invasive emerald ash borer. Actually, there's two ash trees right there, still standing, and I remember we were treating those over the years. We Some of them we kind of let go, and some of them we kept, and those were just a couple of them that we kept. In the early 2000s, Rockford lost approximately 5,000 ash trees to the invasive beetle. The beetle was first identified in Michigan and has killed tens of millions of ash trees across the country. According to Leatherby, the pest has left a lasting impression on urban forest managers. What you want to do is focus on diversification of species in an urban forest so that. When a pest or something comes along and it focuses on one species, it's not wiping out 20% of your inventory. Pests, disease, and severe storms are rapidly changing the makeup of urban forests all over the U.S. But adapting is expensive and can be a real barrier for local governments that don't typically budget with robust urban forests and canopies in mind. That's changing. According to David Sivier, a regional manager for the U.S. Forest Service, the federal government is betting big on trees through funding in the Inflation Reduction Act. $1.5 billion of funding over the next nine years will be dedicated to urban and community forest programs. It's an unprecedented increase. One that is very needful and uh, will help to meet many of the chronic challenges that our cities face with respect to extreme heat, flooding, vulnerabilities to, to storms, and so forth that we, that we see uh, increasing in the landscape today. That's exactly what Alan Jankowski, the Commissioner of Forestry for the City of St. Louis, is counting on. He says that earlier this month, there was a nearly 10-degree difference between the parts of the city with ample tree cover and those without it. His department recently submitted a $50 million proposal to the Forest Service for work like pruning and replacing trees. The city would have had to match the Forest Service's contribution dollar for dollar before the IRA legislation waived that requirement for projects in disadvantaged communities. I would say without that, it would have been very difficult. I don't know if we could say not 100 percent, but it would have been very difficult for us to, to get the $50 million for sure. The Forest Service is distributing hundreds of millions of dollars in grants to local governments, federally recognized tribes, and community-based organizations. And its funding for states has surged to $250 million this year. Christina Hoyt with the Nebraska Forest Service says it'll have a real impact, especially in rural towns.
1: Typically, urban forestry is an underfunded area of communities. Communities have a lot of challenges and, you know, limited budgets to address them all.
0: Hoyt says the funding will help the state deal with the Emerald Ash borer, which was identified in Nebraska in 2016, as well as beef up forestry departments around the state. Trees are having a moment, and Michael Brunk, the Urban and Community Forestry Administrator for the Illinois Department of Natural Resources, says it's about time. Quite frankly, most of the time, trees kind of got kicked down the rung and was looked at as a nicety, not a necessity, not as a necessity like police and fire. And not a necessity like patching potholes and taking care of snow removal in the winter.
1: But, you know, quite frankly, it should be.
0: A single mature tree can trap some 4,000 gallons of rainwater a year. And the temperature beneath the tree can be up to 25 degrees cooler than its surrounding area. And now, forest managers are imagining what they could do with a more substantial urban forest. For Harvest Public Media, I'm Juan Pablo Ramirez-Franco.
1: Harvest Public Media is a collaboration of public media newsrooms in the Midwest and the Great Plains, including St. Louis Public Radio. The Gateway is a production of St. Louis Public Radio, a listener-supported service of the University of Missouri-St. Louis, music by Ryan McNeely of Adult Fur. I'm Sarah Fenton, this has been The Gateway.